Welcome to Open Access. I'm Mary O'Driscoll. Today, our honored guest is Chairman Rich Glick, who will be leaving FERC in January after five years at the commission, the last two years of which were very busy ones as chairman. Chairman Rich, it's really great to have you here. Thanks, Mary. It's good to be back. Well, first off, I just wanted to know, looking back, what stands out to you about the commission from your time as both commissioner and chair of the commission? Well, at the top of the list, it's definitely the commission staff. You know, their expertise, their dedication, their work ethic. I said this at the last commission meeting, and I really meant it. It's like having a front row seat to the best education you get on energy topics of the day, and I very much cherished it. But also, I think, you know, another thing I, I think that stands out to me is just there hasn't been one boring day at FERC. I've been at FERC now a little over five years, and it, it's just it's it, the issues are just so interesting, and the cases that come up on a daily basis like I said, there's just not not a boring day. This country is in the midst of a dramatic transition in the way we produce, consume, and transport energy. And the commission's in the middle of everything. Much of much of what much of what we do on a daily basis has a very much of an impact on, on the transition that's underway in this country. And the decisions the commission makes impacts many millions of people each day. And I know I take that responsibility seriously, and I know my colleagues do as well. Okay. Uh, you're leaving the commission at a time when you've teed up a heavy transmission agenda for action. Do you think the commission will be able to act on those matters? I do. You know, the country's, as I mentioned before, we're in the midst of a very dramatic transition in the way we produce consumer transport energy. And and, and everyone knows we need a significant amount of more interstate transmission uh, for the grid, not just because uh, uh, we need to access more remotely located renewable resources and reduce greenhouse gas emissions, but even more so, uh, the reliability of the grid depends on it. Uh, in addition to that, consumers need better access to cheaper sources of power, and building out the grid is going to do that. Now, the commission's, as, as everyone knows, the commission's embarked on a number of reforms related to transmission planning, cost allocation, and the interconnection of, 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 of the uh, uh, generators to the grid. But in addition to that, there's a number of other issues I think the commission is going to have to grapple with, one of which is um, uh, transmission cost containment, one of which is inter-regional transmission capacity. How do we add more transmission capacity between regions? Um, certainly even on incentives, the way we incentivize transmission today. All those things need to t- the commission needs to take a look at. And I, I'm confident it's going to get done in large part because it has to get done. Well, let's go back to when you first started at the commission in 2017. What is the one thing you wish you knew at the time? You know, in hindsight, when I think about it, um, there's a lot of things I wish I knew, but in, in hindsight, the, the, the one thing that sticks out to me most is, uh, and I mentioned a few minutes ago, how important staff are and, and really the, the, the need to take advantage of, of, of the staff's expertise. When I first got here, I remember there was a 200 page memo sitting on my chair uh, and I read it um, I spent, I spent <laughs> well into the night. I read that memo. It was a very important issue. It had to do with the, um, uh, the Department of Energy's proposed NOPA at the time. And uh, we spent a lot of time thinking about it, talking about it in our office. But and, and then you get one order after another, and you try to go through as much as you can. And it's very time-consuming. And I didn't really take the time at, at first to, to, to sit down with staff, the commission staff in the various program offices, to, to gather their expertise and, and, and hear from them um, uh, the ver- uh, how they saw the various issues. And I wish I had done more of that at the beginning. Eventually, I tried to take advantage of that more, uh, more frequently, but um, it took a while for me to get up to speed on that. Are there any lessons you've learned during your time as chairman and commissioner that are worth passing along? And, sure. and looking, okay, that, that's the so, first part of the question. So I'll let you answer that. 
Sorry, Mary. Uh, apologize for jumping the gun there. Oh, no uh, problem. First of all, and I, I, I know I'm, I'm going to be a broken record in this, but first of all, I would say to the commissioner, to other commissioners, take advantage of the terrific staff that 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 are out there. As I just mentioned, very important to do that. Secondly, and I said this, something about this at the commission meeting uh, last uh, re recently in December, um, and that is, it's very important to have communications between commissioners. Um, ever since I got to FERC. It was common practice to have a call either every week or every other week with each of the commissioners. And I say call now, but but before the COVID times, we did it in person, in-person meetings. Very important to have that line of communication. And sometimes commissioners are going to have strong disagreements about an issue, but it it, it, it helps uh, for commissioners to find common ground to be able to have those discussions. And, you know, the last uh, uh, piece of advice I would have or just uh, you know, lesson worth that's worth passing on is, you know, um, Compromise isn't a dirty word. Uh, you know, we spent a lot of time trying to compromise, sometimes successfully, sometimes unsuccessfully. And where I wasn't able to compromise, I certainly let people know my views. But um, the way the commission is structured, there's five commissioners and it doesn't work without compromise. And so I think it's always important to keep that in mind. Okay. Well, then um, looking back, what stands out to you about the commission from your time, both as commissioner and chair? Well, you know, I think that it is that FERC's not the sleepy agency that the people used to describe it as. We're in the middle of a dramatic trans transformation. A lot of it's related to climate change. A lot of it's related to the goals that utilities have set, that consumers want utilities to set, that states have set, and that the federal government has set in terms of reducing greenhouse gas emissions. And FERC isn't an environmental agency. Uh, we're far from it. But the decisions we make have profound impacts on the decisions made by others in trying to reduce those greenhouse gas emissions. And uh, I think the commission is going to be at the forefront of those issues for many years to come. Okay, well, for those of us who are old enough to remember, here's the Barbara Walters question. What is one surprising thing about you that FERC insiders would never know but should? I thought Barbara Walters used to ask, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? But <laughs> Well, that was I'm... next, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think by now people probably know a lot about me, at least the ones that follow FERC. But I, I would say probably the people would be surprised to learn that I like to listen to punk music. I did not see that coming. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's your favorite band? Um, I think Social Distortion probably is probably the one I listen to most. I love it. That's great. You see, you've made me speechless. Awesome. <laughs> I try to do that on occasion. <laughs> what is your um, most favorite and least favorite memory of your time at the commission? Well, if I could start with least favorite, and I mentioned this a bit at the uh, last commission meeting, um, it's I can pinpoint the day. That's January 2nd, 2019. When Chairman McIntyre passed away after a, a, a long battle with cancer, um, it was just the darkest day in FERC history, and I think it'll always be. I, I always think, can't help but thinking back to what the commission would be like if Chairman McIntyre had been healthy and able to serve the chair during as you know during as chair during the entire Trump administration. I think FERC would have been much different. Um, in terms of the uh, positive memory, it's really hard to to to, to pin down one specific memory. I, you know, I was, I'm always going to remember fondly. The bonding and yes, even some of the fun my advisors and I had working on some very difficult issues when I first came to the commission. You know, when you're not sure, you have more leeway to embrace the outcomes that you believe are right and 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 feel strongly about something you say it. And I certainly took advantage of that in a number of dissents and concurrences, um, uh, especially in my first several years at the commission. And I made sure people knew where I stood. 
and 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 even though it's a lot of it's hard work and a lot of it's frustrating at times, I remember the kind of the camaraderie of the advisors in my office and myself when we put together those dissents and concurrences and 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 looking back on it, it was actually fun times, often fun. Okay. Crystal ball time. Let's say you come back to the commission for a visit in 20 years. What kinds of issues do you think the commission will be grappling with then? Well, I bet everyone that's answered this question in the past has gotten it way wrong. Uh, it's almost impossible to predict what, what the situation is going to be like in 20 years. So think, think back in 20, 2002, 20 years ago, and if you had asked that question of the, the outgoing, well, I don't know if there's an outgoing chair of the chair or any of the commissioners at the time, um, no one would have had hit, even come close to hitting the mark of what the situation looks like today. Technological innovations that have occurred uh, just even in the last 10 years, uh, really, that have made um, wind and solar, uh, especially solar, much more cost competitive and much more available to folks. And and and, and those that technological innovation is undoubtedly going to continue to occur. And it's almost impossible to envision. Is it going to be, you know, fusion? Uh, we've seen some great announcements recently about some dramatic um, advancements in fusion technology. Is it going to be other sorts of generation? Is it going to be, you know, these these small module nuclear reactors? Is it going to be more solar and wind? You know, it's, it's very hard to figure out where we're going to be in 20 years. But I would say that it's, I, I think the one thing I'm pretty confident is that we're still going to be dealing with the consequences of climate change, probably even more so than we're dealing with today in terms of extreme weather, the impact that might have on electric grid reliability. I think the commission is going to continue to deal with that for some time to come. All right. Well, final question. You've you've regularly said that FERC staff um, is the best thing about this agency. What parting words do you want to share with staff and words of wisdom as they enter into this next transition? Well, I've always thought it's it's got to be very difficult for staff when there's a change of chairmanships. Um, uh, you know, especially when that change coincides with a new president, because you might have a, a commissioner, uh, a chair, wanting to pursue a particular agenda or pursuing different issues in a certain way. And then all of a sudden you have a, a different chair that might want to uh, view those issues differently or may want to pursue a whole different agenda. And I can't imagine how difficult it is for staff to be working hard on something and then to find out the thing they're working hard on, they're moving in a different direction. But I'd say that the, the one piece of advice I would give to staff, and I think they tend to do this anyway, we have by far and away the most professional staff that I've ever come across in the executive branch. It's always, I think the advice I would give is always do and advocate for what you think's right whether it's from a legal perspective, an engineering perspective, or even economic policy, it's it's um, it, it's the expertise, the staff's expertise that we commissioners rely on on a daily basis. And I'd, I'd rather hear what someone thinks, not rather than what they think, but I want them to think. And I think that's true of the other commissioners as well. So that would be my parting advice I would give to them. Okay. Well, Rich, it's been great serving with you here at FERC. Um, thanks so much for joining us today on Open Access and our best our best wishes to you as you embark on your next chapter. Thank you so much, Mary. FERC is an independent regulatory agency that oversees the interstate transmission of electricity, natural gas, and oil, reviews proposals to build interstate natural gas pipelines and liquefied natural gas terminals, and oversees the licensing of non-federal hydropower projects. FERC protects the reliability of the high-voltage interstate transmission system through mandatory reliability standards, and it monitors interstate energy markets to ensure that everyone in those markets is playing by the rules. Unless otherwise noted, 
views expressed in these podcasts are personal views and do not necessarily express the views of individual commissioners or the commission as a whole. The podcast is a production of the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission Office of External Affairs. We'll be updating our posts when we've got news, so be sure to check out our website, www.ferc.gov, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to find out when our next podcast airs.